Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, pregnancy-focused chiropractor, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today is a birth and postpartum doula, children's book writer, and mother of four. We'll discuss her birth experiences, becoming a doula before she even knew that word, and her inspiration for her two children's books. Jill McGoffin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. What an honor to have you here. I feel honored. I love your podcast. Oh, I love you. Much. Hashtag mutual. I don't know if I'm using it right, but yes. <laughs> All these kids these days. Okay, so let's start at the beginning, Jill. Where are you from? I am born and raised in and right outside Los Angeles, California. I've heard of it. Yeah, right? And I currently live in Simi Valley, which is like 20 minutes outside of Los Angeles. It sounds like it would be so far away. It sounds like it would be three hours. And I guess on a work day in rush hour traffic, it would be three hours. So what about mile wise? How many miles? I think it's like 20 miles oh, from okay. like the suburb of Los Angeles, like the valley. Okay. Not far. Yeah. Not but terribly far. It's not like, you know, popping. There's nothing out here really. There's you. What else do you need? I mean, yeah, you are right. There is me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so Jill's out in Simi Valley, and uh, what do you do for a living? I am a birth and postpartum doula, as well as a newborn care educator, specialist, and I'm a children's book author. So many things related to babies and kids. Yes, because it's my passion, and I love it. I love everything about it. Was it always your passion? You know, I think it was. I mean, growing up, I was a babysitter and then I was a nanny. And I, when the kids would go to sleep, I'd watch like, do you remember TLC? That channel? Yeah. I think it's so on. <laughs> there'd be a baby story. Oh, the baby stories. Yeah. yeah. I'd be hooked. Like I'd watch them nonstop. And I knew I wanted to be a mom, but I just was like so fascinated with the whole process. I think that TLC also had, I didn't know I was pregnant, show weird, crazy shows yeah. like that. Yeah. I think they moved into the more obscure over time. Uh, very obscure. I just watched one about habits, like my weirdest habit or something like that. Yeah. Really. Oh. Did you watch Abby and Brittany? No. Oh, it's the uh, Siamese twins. The only living, I think. Uh... I did. I did. Oh, you did. Yeah. I you can't that. not. It's, you know. It's interesting for sure. As people who are very involved with human biology. Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, so you loved kids from an early age and the whole baby situation. So yeah. did you think, okay, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a doula. No, I had no idea what a doula was or anything about the community of birth workers. I had no clue. So I just went on my life and got into the corporate world and I just started helping friends have babies just because I enjoyed it, you know, and they loved the fact that I would just get in there and rub backs and squeeze hips. And I just did it from the heart. Like I had no training. And then I met a midwife at a birth who asked me if I was a doula. And I said, no, my name is Jill. <laughs> She's like, no, are you a doula? And I said, what is a doula? Yeah. And I went back and forth because I'm like, no, I don't want to be a, this a doula thing. I thought it was a doula. I, I didn't hear it was doula. I heard a doula. Because I'll kill someone. I'm not a medical professional. Uh-uh-uh. She's like, no, what you're doing is exactly what a doula would do. And I'm like, tell me more about this. Like, Google it. So I Googled it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. That's what I am. You already were a doula. I was. And yeah. so I looked into training and then went from there. 
Wow. I remember also the first time I heard the word doula and she said it so quickly and she said, I don't know. I'm looking around for doula. I'm like, Gesundheit. What, you know, <laughs> God bless you. I mean, so, not everyone knows about it. And that's, you know, what I want to change about the world. Yeah. And it's not a word like, you know, if they just said like birth coach, labor support person, then it would be more descriptive. But do yeah. if you don't know, then you just don't know. You don't know. Unless I guess you're fluent in Greek, but then it would still be confusing. Yeah. Because that's a woman's servant. Yes. Yeah. Which sort yeah. of makes sense-ish. Okay. So out of corporate you gave up like the other career thing i jumped i was in this like high powered well no i'm really making it bigger than it was i was in this corporate world doing all the things and working my butt off and hurting my back and my neck you know doing all the things that i had no interest in doing and no, i don't even know if that was just a lemonade stand or yeah it was um a lemonade and cookie stand oh cookies too that's working your butt off yeah it was like it was like workers comp it was insurance it was like real stuff and i didn't like it but i had to do it because i had to make a living so when i found out that i could make a living doing something that i absolutely love rubbing backs and squeezing hips yes well well, there's a lot more to that but yes yes. so i jumped i actually was at a fellow doula's birth because i did take the training but i could not afford to quit my job so i took very a limited amount of clients and so i was at a birth a twins birth sitting next to this mom to be and i looked at her and i said i'm calling my boss and i'm quitting wow and she's like are you sure i'm like i've never been more sure in my life so i did it kaiser hospital i quit my job you didn't want to just stage an injury and file workers comp claim no since i worked for a workers comp company i kind of know how that goes and right yeah Wow. No, I actually called my husband first and I was like, hey, can I do this? I'm miserable. This is my passion. He's like, go ahead, just do it. He goes, we're going to be tight, but just do it. And I oh, did. That's really cool. All right. I never looked back. I haven't looked back. So you're married at that point already. Yeah. I mean, this is only like six, seven years ago. I mean, I'm ah. 40. So this is like a total change in my life. Wow. Okay. So uh, let's go back to where did you meet your husband? Online. Oh. Huh. <laughs> I mean, that's probably 20% now, at least. I would say about 50 or 60. Meet online. Oh, really? More oh, than, yeah. oh, that's where I meet most of my meals. You meet your meals online? You know, Postmates or DoorDash. Oh, got it. Not that they're sponsors or anything, but they could be if they wanted to. <laughs> That'd be a nice sponsor. Yeah, I would just do it for the service. Anyway, <laughs> back to you. So you gave birth twice. I physically gave birth twice. Yes. So at that time, did you know about any of this like support? Like what were your pregnancies like? Did you have any sort of idea of what you wanted birth to be like? Tell me everything. I knew absolutely nothing other than what I saw on TLC. And I still didn't do the things that I saw on TLC because I put all of my faith into my doctors and trusted every single thing they said to me. I had very high risk pregnancies with lots of complications and I just did what they told me. So I had no education. High risk pregnancies that you knew would be high risk ahead of time? No. Well, the second one, yes, because the first one, I mean, I've been plus size all my life. 
And in the early 2000s, you know, God forbid you get pregnant and you're overweight. I mean, that's just a death sentence. Like doctors immediately like, why did you get pregnant? And that's basically the attitude that my doctors had with me. That's the attitude my doctors have with me. Yeah. Luckily, you're not having any kids of, you know, from you. but Coming out of my womb. Yeah. All right. There's a lot to explore here. You've opened a can. Yes. And I want to talk about all of it. Let's take a little break and when we come back, we'll get into your pregnancy and birth experiences. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Jill. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart literally, omega 3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 Soft Gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back. We're talking to Jill McGoffin. She is a doula. She does birth and postpartum and childbirth education, and she wrote books. We're going to get to all that. But first, the juicy details on your high-risk pregnancies. Okay, so you're not a skinny mini and you get pregnant. Is that like being over 35 and they call it geriatric? Oh, so, yeah. Like if your BMI is higher than two, then you're, I don't know whether they call it a fudgy, the whale pregnancy. I mean, I was treated like I was being abusive to my child when I didn't even have my child yet. Like it was bad. Like looking back now and knowing what I know, uh, I was treated horribly. Did you have health problems prior to pregnancy? No, I was overweight and I did develop high blood pressure during my pregnancy. How far into it? About six, seven months. Okay. So so I was okay until then. Yeah. And was it like really high or just? I mean, we're going back 19 years, but. um, I don't remember every detail, Jill. I don't remember my kids' names most days. (laughs) I'm a doula. I don't sleep. So (laughs) it wasn't good. And they put me on medicine and that medicine was horrible. And then when I asked for support because that medicine was horrible, I got, well, maybe you should have thought of that before you got pregnant. That's how Ah, bad it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and these doctors are still around. Really? Uh, one I know of is probably going to retire this year, but yeah. Is it um, too late to say I'm sorry for them? Yeah, I've closed that chapter, honestly. I'm okay with everything now. And part of the reason why I'm so passionate about doulas is because of my experience back that then. That makes sense. That makes total sense. But I'm just like, there are tears in my eyes. I'm so sorry that that was your pregnancy experience. Like, the, we're Thanks. supposed to be here. All of us are supposed to be here to support you and not judge you. Yeah, I didn't get any support at all, actually. But, you know, I have beautiful children. They're amazing. One is thinking about becoming a doula, and I can't even tell you how happy that makes me. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was just hard. And I was in and out of the hospital and, you know, verbally abused. And then I was basically 
forced to have C-sections, I wasn't given the option of having vaginal births. And because I wasn't educated, because I didn't know the pros and cons, because I didn't have a doula or anyone in my community that knew about birth, I went along with it because I was the bad person that even thought about getting pregnant. So to save my unborn child, I should do these C-sections. And both were six weeks early. Six weeks. So there's no reason for the first one now, knowing what I know, why it was six weeks early. Second one, my blood pressure went up really bad. So I kind of get that one. But the first, no. Huh. So preemie, were they in the NICU for a Yeah, bit? both of them are. Like I said, I'm okay with everything, but still it really bothers me when I talk about it. I was in recovery by myself, itchy. I was so itchy after surgery. Um, the nurse was busy talking to another nurse about plans for the next day. My husband at the time was in the NICU with my daughter. I had no family, no friends, no one with me. So I sat alone for minimum of 12 hours, not knowing what my child looked like, not knowing anything or anyone helping me with anything. It took two days to see my child. And when I did see my child, it's because I got my butt out of the hospital bed by myself. And they caught me in the hallway walking to see my baby. And I said, you can kiss my, you know what, I'm going to meet my baby. And that's how I met my daughter. I got myself up and walked there by myself. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I did not have good births at all. Yeah. Second one, I was left in a room for nine days. My C-section scar opened up. Again, they didn't take me over to see my son for a day and a half. It was just a lot. A lot. And I don't wish that on anyone. And that's part of the reason why I do what I do. So people don't have to go through that. Wow. Yeah. Like you said before, I'll never experience that firsthand. I don't wish on anyone. I mean, any of it. Like I'll never experience childbirth firsthand, but I see it so often. I'm around it so often. And, you know, the kind of care that you get makes all the difference in your mind and your body and your spirit for you and for your baby and for your family. And yeah. I'm real sorry that you. you had that experience. If I could turn back time, but you take that in with you, obviously very passionately now supporting people and sort of in a way, kind of making a new chapter for childbirth where the people who are lucky enough to have you around them do get great support and education and become aware of their choices and encouraged to make informed choices and supported in whatever choices they make and yep. not shamed for, you know, choices that we've made that we regret or, you know, just shortcomings that we all have. So when you did doula training, was there a lot that you learned there that wasn't intuitive to you that you didn't already kind of figure out? You know, yes and no. Like, I know the basics. If you're a doula, you have a doula heart. You want to help, right? So even the bare minimum is the best of having a doula. But what I learned at this training with Anna Paula, of course, who is a goddess, is how to hold space, to how to navigate certain, you know, situations, things like that. And it was the best. Ah, that training was just an eye-opener into the birth world. And I felt so at home. I will never forget that training ever, as long as I live. You know, Anna Paula trained my wife and I both. Okay, we, so you know. We took her trainings, yeah. I never pictured in my life a time where we'd be role-playing, and I'm the woman giving birth, and my <laughs> wife is my doula, and a friend of ours who also did the training was the pushy mother-in-law. Love uh, it. Yeah, 
I think like we're bonded for life now if we weren't before. Yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah. After the way she really cared for me during my pushing Aww. phase. Yeah, my I recommend second. that for every couple. <laughs> I think it's good to uh, bring closer. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, what do you see as the role of a labor doula and the role of a postpartum doula? You know, the basic role is to physically, emotionally, and educationally support the birthing client and the partner if there is one, and the family, really. That's the main role. But I do believe that it should be tailored to each person individually. Some birthing people are not going to want the same support that other people want. So you kind of have to meet them at where they're at and tailor it to their needs and their wants. That's the basic role is physical, emotional, educational support. And in your mind, is there an advocacy role? There's a huge advocacy role. I guess with the client, I would consider that the education part to let them know the, the, the pros and cons and, you know, what could possibly happen, what should be done, how they can speak up, things like that. But with regards to my job with just during the birth is advocacy. Absolutely. You know, making sure that the client is heard and that their wishes are respected. And if those wishes can't be attained, then they better explain why and options. So yeah, I mean, advocacy is huge, huge, especially right now. And then what about postpartum? Postpartum, I would say is the same with regards to emotional support. Physically, I do some body work. So it's definitely physical, but it's also a lot of education, especially what I do because I am a newborn care specialist. When I come in the home, I, you know, see where everyone's at and just support them in their decisions and, you know, show them little tricks of the trade and things like that, but make sure that they know what they're doing and they're going to be okay. So the role really is to just support any way that they need to be supported. And that could vary. Like I had one client, all they wanted me there for was just to make sure that they're doing it right. And I had another client that, you know, had a major surgery. It was a C-section and there was other things involved. So it was a lot of physical support and a lot of emotional and also taking care of the baby. So it's a very supportive role, both birth and postpartum. And do you do education outside of being a doula? I do. I love educating. I have imposter syndrome, so I haven't taught a full-blown class, but I do privates where I teach grandparents, parents, friends, family, a lot of siblings how to take care of their new baby. But that's really like a doula though, because I mean, I, I'm a doula in that role, but I'm also a newborn educator. So Right. So you're doing the education part of your doula work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have some that didn't hire me for the birth or postpartum. They just wanted me to educate them. And that was great. It was so much fun. Right. So that. you're doing the education part of your doula work with somebody who may not be a doula client. Yes. Do you know what you call a fake noodle? I'm scared to ask. Impasta. <laughs> Impasta syndrome. Impasta. I get it. I get it. Yeah. There's no drum sequence. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm bummed. In terms of newborn care, are there certain things that are more typical for people to become surprised by, like they didn't realize they would need to know or to do? I'm like, uh, would you yeah. say there's like a top three or a top five things like people don't think about? I mean, when I'm teaching a grandparents class, I'm very you know aware of the fact that they're coming in like, I've done this before. This is going to be easy. I don't know why I need this refresher. 
And then when I explain like, you know, the new sleep safety tips and things like that, they're like shocked, you know, like nothing in the crib, not even a blanket. How are they going to stay warm? You know, so things like that. That's one of the top ones. Also, why can't they have a little water? Okay. Mm. Yep. Don't give water. And then the other one is hats. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things, but the one that comes to my mind is like, what do you mean you don't have a baby in a hat inside? A baby should have a hat on at all times. I'm like, actually, the recent information released by, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics states no hats only for a few hours after birth or if it's a preemie. I mean, you can overheat your child by keeping a hat on. So those are things that really come up a lot with parents. You know, they buy everything and then some like so many gadgets, the swing, the snoo, this and that. I'm like, you don't need any of that. All you need is your arms, your heart and some clothing for your baby. And then you're good. Like a bottle warmer. There is no scientific proof really that you have to warm up a bottle. If you choose to bottle feed, like you could feed the baby cold milk. So you don't need that $800 warmer. Just practically speaking, when you're on the road, <laughs> well, that on the uh, road. And then, you know, when you're exhausted in the middle of the night, the baby's up so often, like, really? Yeah. I'm saying if they're only used to warm bottles or I remember <laughs> someone got us a diaper warmer. Oh my. I'm not using that because if I don't have it, the kid's going to be a princess in the pee. Yeah. I mean, literally sounds nice. I mean, but yeah, no. So, you know, it's things like that and just, you know, reminding them of their power and that, you know, they have it within them to know what to do and to trust their instincts. But that's what I teach clients that are pregnant and having babies. And even after like, trust your instincts, like, you know what to do. There are things that I'll teach you that will not really matter because your way is the best way because it's your child. Yeah. That's great. Uh, one thing that's really cool is watching animals give birth, you know, yes. in the wild or even on a little reservation or in a sanctuary. And oh, yeah. it's bananas how these animals just go into labor sometimes mm -hmm. with nobody around them, not even a partner, but certainly no doctor, nurse, doula, midwife. Most of them haven't taken a class or listened to a great podcast or watched a documentary. And they just seem to know exactly right? what to do and how to move. And those babies come out usually not that much drama. You know, these, some Shocking, of these animals right? can make a lot of noise, but they don't. And then no. they just immediately go to the baby. Most of them turn around and look down at the baby and start doing neonatal care. They assess the baby. And if there's something wrong, they have remedies for the baby. And it's sort of like, okay, in my mind, I think the reason why we humans have so many professions around childbirth, like childbirth educator and labor doula, postpartum doula, baby nurse, things like that, is because we're not around it. We don't see it very much. Yeah. And I think if we were around it, just like the other animals, you know, between that and the hard wiring that women have, you would just do it and it wouldn't be that much of a, you know, a fearful act experience. Exactly. But because we're we trusting everything else but ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And also the one other thing is, I guess, animals don't really watch TV movies and read newspapers where everything's over-dramatized. I've never seen elephants standing around a water cooler telling horrible birth stories, you know, I haven't disaster either. stories. No. So I think that they have an advantage in that way too. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I mean, back to your point is like, if you just go on instinct, you'll probably get it right. You will get it right. 
Yeah. But you just have to be in touch with your instincts. And yeah. Most of us aren't. Exactly. And that's why it's good to be reminded sometimes of your power. Now, Jill is, you know, not just mama, not just postpartum doula, and also newborn educator. You're an author. I want to find out about your books after we take a quick break. Welcome back. We're talking to Jill McGoffin. And uh, okay, on top of everything else, you wrote a couple of books. Before we get into what the books are, what prompted you to become an author? Well, side note, I love children's books. I love the illustrations. I'm fascinated by them. So I've always wanted to do something with illustrations and I'm a horrible artist. So there's one thing. But I am so passionate about what I do and just doulas and birth workers in general that I want us to be well-known everywhere. Like I want a doula to be a household name. I think everyone should have one. So I wrote these children's books to start from the ground up. But I also wanted to let these children know that I you know, was blessed to be at their birth, how much they're loved before they even born. So I wrote a love letter. Which came first? You have two books. The first one was You Are So Loved. And that is my heart. Like I'm tearing up talking about this book more so than tearing up when I was talking about my birth stories. I love this book. It's just a love story to the child, you know, letting them know how hard their parent or parents worked to welcome their child into this world and how loved they were from the very beginning, even by their doula. It talks about what a doula does and what the parents did to prepare. I made it wide range of parents from same sex to single parents. I wanted everyone to have an illustration of their childbirth. So yes, the um, illustrations are very diverse. Yes, they are. Although I didn't see any elephants in there. That is my next book that's coming out. Okay, Dr. thank you. And they're standing around a cooler. So you'll be yeah, okay. uh, you don't want to piss them off because they never forget. Elephant never forgets. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I actually took pictures from my actual client's births with permission, obviously. And obviously they don't look exactly like the pictures. And I use those in the book. So when my clients got a copy, they opened up a page like, is this us? I'm like, it is. <laughs> so because it's a love That's letter great. to my doula babies. So I love that book. It's very close to my heart. And what's your intention on how the book is used? Well, I would love for every doula to gift this book to their families when they're, you know, doing their postpartum visit and saying goodbye, because there's a part in the back of the book, there's a page where you can put a picture of everyone together and you dedicate it and everything to the family. And I think it's a great gift that doulas could give to, you know, everyone. But I also think it'd be a great book for parents just to buy if they had a doula at their birth and they want to kind of explain what it's like. I mean, there's going to be a time where or maybe not, but for the, you know, nowadays with all the pictures that are being taken at births, that the kids are going to look back and be like, oh, who took the pictures? Well, it was a doula. What's a doula? Well, let me read you this book. Is um, height. Yeah. So that's why I wrote it. Oh, very sweet. Yeah. It's a very sweet book. And then your second book. Yes. Yeah, so I got a little bit addicted to the whole process, although it was very hard. Like I was like, oh my God. 
this is an amazing hobby and the most expensive one I've ever found. Like it is ridiculous. So I uh, was like, what do I want to write about? And I have a lot of topics that I kind of have on, you know, the back burner, but I was like, one of the biggest things that I saw from my repeat families was like, how am I going to introduce my child to this idea of having a sibling? So I wrote the book to kind of be like a soft opener to the idea of having a baby brother or sister. So it's called dear little baby. Uh, you know, I haven't looked in a little while, but I felt like for a long time, people were asking pregnant with a second or subsequent baby asking, what do you recommend I read to my toddler? Yeah, <laughs> to it'd be my book. Kind of explain what's going on. And now you've filled the void. Again, I made it very, very lighthearted. Like I didn't want a very serious book and like with great details, I wanted something to open up the conversation. Like, I feel like, you know, the parents should explain to their child in their own ways in terms of what's happening. So my book was kind of like the cutesy little thing to kind of, you know, get the mind going and get the questions rolling. You said you had some topics on the back burner. Is there a uh, number three in the works? There is. It's actually with the illustrator right now. The name is pending, but basically it's about a doula named Sunny that is helping a family through the IVF process. Full spectrum. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I just put a documentary in our streaming platform in Form Pregnancy Plus called One More Shot. Oh. And it's a really powerful fertility documentary. And we literally just put it up and already are getting a response and a feedback from people who didn't struggle with infertility, who are watching it. And just for the very first time, realizing how crazy intense that process is hmm. for their family or friends who yeah. have to struggle with infertility. And that's neat that you're doing one on IVF. Yeah, I love it. And I like that the doula has a sunny disposition. Yeah, I mean, she might look exactly like me, but, you know, <laughs> the name to be sunny because, you know, it's not all about me. But yeah, I'm excited. Um, I've seen some of the rough drafts and the pictures and I'm in love with it. I might not be the best writer in the world, but I love my topics and I certainly love my illustrations. So I'm super excited. So that one should be coming out in the next couple months. And they're extremely heartfelt. And so... Yes. They're easy to connect with. I hope so. Well, Jill, I've learned a lot from you. Oh, good. And i um, inspired by you in a lot of different ways. And I know that our audience will be too. Where can we find you online? You can find me online at jillmcgoffin.com. That is my main website. I'm also on, you know, other doula sites. What about social? Social is, wow, I'm really creative, at Jill McGoffin. I love it. On like yeah. Instagram? And Instagram, Facebook. Meta. Meta. And then something called X. No, I'm not on Twitter, but I'm <laughs> called X. It's so weird. But yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And yeah, I, I love connecting with parents-to-be, new doulas, people thinking about becoming a doula. Like I had mentors and I believe it's important to be a mentor to other new. Oh, so important. Business. Yeah. So I really enjoy just connecting with people. It's great to get hired, but like if people just need support, like I'm always there. I love it. Uh, I have no uh, boundaries. I'm in therapy for that, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you're amazing. Jill, thank, thank you, you for joining me today and sharing all the uniquenesses that you bring to the birth community. Thank you. And and to our audience, thanks for listening to us. If you'd like more pregnancy and parenting information, visit us at informedpregnancy.com.
news I got a whole lot of questions for you 